What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all as always. Coming to y'all here from a uh, beautiful, hot summer night in Louisville, Kentucky. And we have an Ivy League head coaching position open. The 2023 coaching carousel continues to pick up, or I should say picks up, some more pace today on this Friday, June 2nd. That coaching opening is at Dartmouth, where Brennan Callahan and the Big Green have parted ways after nine seasons uh, of the Callahan era. Terry Foy of Inside Lacrosse, the first to report the news. Dartmouth just putting out the press release uh, minutes uh, before we started recording this. Uh, Dartmouth coming off of its best season of the Callahan era and its best season in a- about a decade or more as they went 6-6 six and six overall and 1-5 and five in Ivy League play this past season. That lone conference win was a uh, dramatic one, 10-9 over Harvard in overtime, snapped the Big Green's 34-game Ivy League losing streak that dated back to Callahan's first year in 2015. They went 1-5 and five in Ivy League play that season. 2023 was also marked uh, the first time since 2008 in which Dartmouth went at least 500. They went 4-9. Uh, uh, 4-9, and 0-6 in Ivy League play in 2022. That was the first year since 2015. They went 5-8, and 1-5 and in that year, uh, as previously mentioned, in which the Big Green had recorded more than two wins in a full season. Uh, the majority of this uh, roster is back. You've got Colin McGill, Clay Moore, bunch of Max Latour, Sam Cooper was a fantastic goalie for them. And all these guys I mentioned are rising sophomores, rising juniors. Um, Nate Davis, I believe, is a rising senior. Uh, was a great player for them last year offensively as well. There was a ton of talent on this back end. ton of talent on this uh, team overall for Dartmouth heading into 2024. Uh, the recruiting has really picked up there. They got this indoor facility. There's been some institutional changes. Um, I cannot remember which grade, like which year it was, but there was the situation where, like, you didn't have, it was either your sophomores or juniors you didn't have in the spring. I believe it was juniors you didn't have in the spring. Excuse me, in, excuse me, in the fall for a majority of the you know, better part of this program's, uh, I should say, struggles, which have been long-term, um, you didn't have that. There's been some institutional changes that have helped you, helped this staff kind of better mold a team holistically from, you know, when the season ends, you know, from, you know, and really, you know, get back on campus in August through, you know, March, you know February, March, April, uh, you know, May if it may play into that that first week or whatever, ha- has helped you. You know to really keep and keep 
and establish this team and that culture better. So, um, what I'm going with this is Dartmouth has been pretty good the past couple of seasons, considering what they had been. Uh, the, the early years under Callahan, and specifically 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, were, I think you could categorize it as just horrible um there was incremental growth like you did see situations like oh the let's say the you no know, margin of loss um shrunk right you lost to a team by 10 goals a year prior you lost to them you know five or six goals that next year that's an improvement Right, and certainly if you have the same roster, right, and you did see some good players come through there. However, the wins still weren't stacking up, um, and, and that frankly didn't happen until 2020. You went three and one that year. They went one and one that 2021 year, so they went four and two over those two shortened years, 2020, 2021. They start having some better recruiting success there. I should mention the indoor facility that Dartworth now has that has helped with that success. And they've built it into what Dartmouth was this past year, which is the best Dartmouth that I ever remember. You know, I didn't I, I wasn't necessarily watching lacrosse in two thousand and three when they went to the NCAA tournament. Um I've been following lacrosse, you know, with the, you know, most keen eye possible really since about 2014, 2015, I would say. 2012 is the first season I remember, like, start to finish. Um, maybe 20, 2011, 2012, one of those two years. The first years I really remember, like, watching it closely and watching the tournament as, as much as I could. Um and, like, filling out a bracket and all that, like, printing it on Selection Sunday and everything. Um, but, like, really, 2014, 2015 is really when I started, um, you know, focusing um, as much as I do now, maybe not as much as I do now running lacrosse bucket, but giving a, really watching lacrosse and really following the sport uh, as best as I could. And in that time, Dartmouth has not been good. Dartmouth I've known is the basement of not only Ivy League, the, Dart the Dartmouth I've known has been the basement of College Across. And like I said, there has been incremental growth there. There was incremental growth. And for a lot of these bottom programs, you see that incremental growth, and I start looking, and I'm saying, okay, what's going on there? How can this eventually come to wins? Sometimes it does. You've seen that with Dartmouth. And I think another program, good example, is VMI. You've seen that with VMI. NCAA tournament or conference tournament, um, conference champions, like contenders in that way. No. But improvement nonetheless. And that's really what you want to see out of these programs. Because I think lacrosse is better when everyone, everyone's good. Like That's never going to happen where every team is going to be quote-unquote good, but when the bottom is starting to catch up to the middle of the pack, 
And I think you can say that pretty good for what Dartmouth has done. Like, I didn't expect Dartmouth to beat Yale. I didn't expect Dartmouth to beat Princeton or Cornell or Open. But, like, they went up and, and they were competitive. They beat Harvard. And they were competitive against Brown. I can't remember what the other scores of those games were. Like, they were fairly competitive. And they did that in 22 as well. Didn't get a win. But were competitive. They took Cornell. It was a one-goal game against Cornell in 2022. Um, so there's been improvement at Dartmouth. And where I'm going with this is there's a foundation at Dartmouth. And there's been improvement at Dartmouth to build this foundation. The move here to, to move on from Callahan is surprising, to me at least. I knew there was going to be more coaching openings, because you always assume that. But I didn't necessarily know or think that Brendan Callahan was going to be the next one to go in terms of head coaches this cycle. In talking with some people the past hour or so, messaging with folks and, and kind of seeing the social media reaction, I think the, the I think the way to describe it is kind of like it, it is kind of maybe mixed emotions. I think a lot of people are, are surprised about it, and kind of looking at it the way I'm looking at it right now that I've described it as like, hey, those yes, the OUs were not good. We can acknowledge that. But there's been some good growth here that has coincided with some of these institutional changes that you've made, uh, with some of these you know investments that you've made, and not only the lacrosse program but athletics overall, and that's pushed Dartmouth to a place where maybe Dartmouth hasn't been in a while, right? In terms of getting those kind of recruits that you want getting those guys that are going to better your program, get you closer to the middle of the pack in the Ivy League. And look, every team wants to win. Every team wants to win a conference championship. I believe Dartmouth does just as much as anybody else. That's that, That's got to be your goal. And if they can get to that, great. They did it in 2003. I think Dartmouth, and especially with the changes that we've seen, the investments we've seen, they can do it again. Looking at it now from, from this other side, I I see this as a move from Dartmouth to capitalize on, build upon and, and capitalize on this foundation that Callahan and his staff have built and to further improve on that. Now in terms of like who they're going to go get, I've... Not, I'm not exactly sure, and it's way too early to say. I do want to mention, though, and I've like one name that some people have mentioned to me just the past couple of like, 30 minutes or so here is so, do you remember who was hired? I'm trying to find what I think what year was he hired there? Um, Dartmouth's offensive coordinator and recruiting coordinator. Uh, Joe Connor, he was hired uh, as former now. Um, Chris Chemsky uh, reporting earlier tonight that the entire staff is gone. Um, 
so he was hired in so this year was his fifth year so he was hired in the what 2019 2018 um and you know he was there at um uh, at Bucknell prior and um was uh, I the top assistant there at Bucknell before coming over to Dartmouth he's been instrumental recruiting wise and player development wise everyone that you've talked to around that Dartmouth program um, and talk about the improvements made um, Joe Cooper is all, uh, Joe Connor is always a name that is is mentioned there knowing now that they've gutted the whole staff I'm not so sure that's the direction they want they're gonna go in but I, I, I think that direction uh, would make sense and I think that would be a good direction for Dartmouth to go in and I've heard that sentiment and I've seen that sentiment tonight um, so we'll see what happens on that front it's an interesting program it's in a it's it's a unique program it's the second northernmost division one program uh, just south like 20 or some odd miles um, across the border from Vermont so the second most northern Division One program, an Ivy League school, you have that to sell. They have some new updated facilities that are very nice. You can sell that. Um, we'll see how things go. And oh yeah, they have a great foundation and a uh, pretty pretty sizable, pretty talented team coming back in 2024. And a team that was frankly young um, for better part of these past two seasons, very young squad, um, and I again, kind of speaks to the recruiting that they've done and, and getting some more of these guys that you can come in and pl plug and play right away, maybe not win you a championship or, you know, earn your postseason bid right away, but guys that are going to be in there can grow, develop, and build your program into what it can be, so we'll see uh, who Dartmouth gets as its next man to lead this program that has been at the bottom of the Ivy League for a number of years now, but has since in the past couple of years seen a bit of a resurgence. Certainly improvement has been there for the Dartmouth Big Green, and they're now searching for their next head coach with the program parting away with Brendan Callahan after nine years. Now, moving on here, I uh, want to go to Transfer Portal real quick. Uh, we'll start with Syracuse. They've picked up Christian Muley, the attackman out of Lehigh, and they've also picked up Matt Wright, the LSM out of North Carolina. Both of those guys are grad transfers. I think they are both good gets for Syracuse. Christian Mule, the second notable uh, Lehigh attackman to come in as a grad transfer to the to Gary Gates program um, it, over the past number of years. You had Cole Coast come in uh, last with Cole Coast, yeah, Cole Coast came in last year, um, and it's pretty good for them. Uh, one of the leaders of that offense and a young offense at that. Obviously, Joey Spolina, Finn Thompson, just to name a few young guys there. Uh, playing for the Orange, you've got Christian Mule coming in this year. We'll see uh, coming in this summer. 
uh, for the 24th season. We'll see how he does there with the Orange and can help lead this young uh, squad as they continue to grow, continue to develop. And, and they did a lot of that last season for sure. Uh, Matt Wright, look, I will say this. I don't think Syracuse's defense is necessarily as atrocious or was as atrocious as some people might want to make it out to be. They were young, but they had a good goalie in Walmart. And I will give him a lot of credit for what he did. I think things would have been much, much worse had they not had him. Matt Wright is a veteran, LS, veteran LSM, has been fantastic at North Carolina. We'll see what he does here now at Syracuse. And if you remember, he had that really nice uh, cause turnover. Um, and did he go down and score on that as well? I cannot remember. Um, back in 2021, when North Carolina just drubbed Syracuse in the Dome. Um, it, it, it was like the one game that like, I kind of... It, it, was it the game that Scanlon was arrested before? I don't think it was. But it, it, it was the one game that, that I think... I was point. I pointed back to that season. Was like, this game kind of defines like Syracuse because I just remember like there was just so many plays that you were like, how how are you letting this happen? Um, guy with no one on him, you just randomly dropped. Like it was an atrocious showing from the Orange and North Carolina. I dropped them that year as they were such a great team. But Matt Wright, you know, had one great play there in the dome and. He'll be, you know, next time in the Dome, well in the Syracuse Orange, obviously. Staying in the ACC, uh, but heading over to the national champions, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They've picked up Devin McLean, the attackman out of Brown, as well as Jake Bonomi, the, attack, uh, excuse me, the uh, midfielder out of Michigan. Now, Bonomi didn't have as great of a year here in 2023 as he did in 2022, but still very impactful player on the offensive end nonetheless, and at a position where Notre Dame does need some bodies heading into 2024. They lose Quinn McCann, they lose Jack Simmons, lose Brian Tevlin. Um, obviously, Dobson is back, but you still have some pieces to put back into place and puzzles, puzzle pieces to, to, to put in place there at the midfield. Uh, Bonomi certainly could fit that. And uh, from what I understand, F. McLean could fit that as well. He's a guy that can play attack and midfield. And with that attack line pretty shored up right now, unless something you know unfortunate or, or, or unforeseen happens, um, you uh, w would imagine you want to get Dev McLean on the field, probably put him at the midfield, uh, come out of the box, or, you know, whatever you want to do with him there to get him on the field as your, your what fourth attackman, which we've seen a lot of teams do here in recent years. Do want to also mention uh, real quick, uh, Bo Pedersen heading to Michigan. He's the second Princeton player heading to uh, Ann Arbor, joining, senior, joining attackman Christian Ronda. Bill Pedersen, great playmaker there at the defensive midfield spot. Uh, great pickup there for Michigan. Uh, I do think D-mid is an area where coming into this year they could have improved on. I think coming out of this year they can certainly improve on. Uh, Pedersen, a, a, a great body to get there at that spot uh, to help uh, a unit. I think, so, I think 
Michigan did improve on this year, but can still improve on a bit more. We're still, frankly, uh, fairly young at that spot also. Uh, looking here real quick, do want to mention a couple other uh, transfers here. Uh, so Lucas Osborne, the um, midfielder out of Yale, he did not play this year as a freshman uh, due to an injury in the fall. Uh, wasn't even on the roster this spring. He was a four-star recruit out of Lawrenceville in New Jersey. Played for John Posner there. Um, also played for him at Culver, I believe, as well. And then transferred with the followed Posner to Lawrenceville. Um, he was a four-star recruit, as I mentioned. Was he a... I don't believe he was an All-American. He was a top 50 player per inside lacrosse. Uh, but I don't believe he was a under All-American. I could be wrong on that. But uh, he's heading to Jacksonville, as well as Maximus uh, Schilt, the uh, grad transfer defenseman. He's from Pane Vidra down there, heading back there. Didn't play a ton at Notre Dame. We'll see what he does now in the A-Sun with John Galloway's squad. And a number of D2, D3 transfers highlighting that, uh, or headlining that, uh, Jacksonville transfer class. Chris Darmino is the uh, reigning D3 LSM of the year. I believe it was that he w was announced the other day. Uh, Lynchburg, uh, out of Lynchburg, he's heading to Jacksonville. You've got Trey Arnone, I believe how you pronounce that, midfielder out of Western Connecticut State. He was injured this year, but I believe was the... Uh, at least an honorable mention, All-American. Um, I know one of these guys on here was at the D3 spot either last year. Uh, Trey Arnone uh, didn't play last year. I mean, didn't play this past year due to injury. He played, I think, what, four games and was injured, but was a very impactful player in 2022. Anthony Caputo, um, he was the... Was he the D2... Player of the year, I believe he was out of pace, um, and he is heading there to uh, Jacksonville as well. Yes, okay. Uh, Anthony Caputo was the uh, USILA Division Three midfielder of the year this past season for uh, at the D three level, coming out of pace. He had thirty two goals, twenty six. Assist. Um, it's kind of the headliner of that uh, big D3, D2 grab here from Jacksonville. Dalton Hubbs, the senior out of Transylvania in Lexington, Kentucky, a native of Louisville, Kentucky, played Trinity High School. Great individual, great player. He's heading to Jacksonville as well. I believe we mentioned him about last week. Uh, it was announced while we were on the podcast. Um, scrolling here just to see if there's any other things that we want to hit on uh, here in my notes. I believe we have covered everything. Yeah, we've gotten everything on today's podcast. So, uh, Transfer Portal, Dartmouth Coaching Change, uh, a lot of news here on Friday, and it'll keep coming as the summer rolls on, as the 
45-day transfer portal window uh, news its end, and, and suddenly as the coaching cycle uh, you know heats up as well. Already have two head coaching openings, Queens, and now Dartmouth. We'll see if any, uh, you know, which ones come next. If there are any here at the D1 level in the head coaching uh, world in that regard. As always, thank you all for tuning in. You can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube as well, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.